have some respect for everyone around you, everyone you deal with. And to also, like I said before, trust your gut, trust your judgment, make decisions, right? And if you think that you can do something, don't let anyone around you tell you that you can't do it. Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. And today, I'm very excited. I've got my friend, Cole Boucher here, founder and president of Essential Hospitality. Cole, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Steve. How are you doing today? We're doing awesome. And even better that we get to learn about all the things that you've got going on. And I want to start this out the same way we always do. And we always ask, Cole, what was your first job in hospitality? Well, my first job in hospitality, uh, it, it really started at 13 years old uh, when my my family, you know, had me work on the beach for Boucher Brothers. You know, they started a company about 30 years ago. So uh, when I was around 13 years old, it was still in the beginning process of the company. First day, I'll never forget my uh, my father, Michael, took me out to the diplomat in, in Hollywood. He threw me out on the beach and said, you know what, I don't want you talking to any guests. I don't want you... Uh, you know, making any tips today and for the next month, you're going to be picking up trash and raking the beach and uh, doing the the learning processes of opening and closing the beach. Uh, and that really, you know, at such a young age, that really opened my eyes of not even starting to talking to the guests, but really understanding what attention to detail looks like. So I thought that was a, a very interesting way of, of starting out. So my first position ever uh, at 13 was a, a beach attendant. Now, was that like a couple hours or were you out there the whole day? Because I've had to do and work out on the beach and that is a hard job to have. Yeah, I would do, I would do full shifts. You know, we, we would start at, uh, you know, around 7 a.m., but I would get there around 6, 6.30 to open up the office, uh, get the umbrellas, get the chairs out of the, the bins and, and start setting up that beach. And, and you know, Steve, turtle season is a, it's a pain in the butt. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure the beach is, is clean and the turtle eggs are, are all good before you start even set up. And, you know, if you've worked out there on the beach, you know that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people don't know, but that, that beach gets set up and bro- broken down every day. Uh, so if you look at it at night, there's no beach chairs. But then when you wake up in the morning, there's a beautiful setup waiting, waiting for our guests. Yep. I learned the hard way because I always had mm-hmm. your 
company, Boucher Brothers, was always behind these hotels I worked at on my beach. Mm-hmm. And there was only one that it was not at when I worked there. And it was the hardest. I had to be out there a couple of times recently, like in 2018, 2019, helping put out chairs because everyone called out. And so I was yeah. just like, never will I ever work again without the Boucher Brothers on the beach. Yeah, it's one of the most impactful jobs that you could have in the industry because it really opens up your eyes to how much physical time you can spend with the guest. And I know that you've held many positions throughout hospitality and the service industry. And, uh, you know, I always like to say it like, uh, you know, you go to concierge or you go to front desk or, you know, housekeeping or restaurants, you know, you're spending anywhere from, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes or an hour with the guest. But when you're working outside in recreation, you're, you're with that guest for eight to 12 hours, depending on how much time they want to spend with you. And you got to be pretty consistent with that guest. So that different level of hospitality, you understand it. Yeah. And that's where you make the best connections. The best connections I ever had with anyone was on those pool decks oh, yeah. and beaches Absolutely. on Miami beach. So you're doing that. You do that all the way through high school. Is that something you did the entire way? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that uh, at a very young age, you know, my family instilled in me that how important it is to to work and understand, you know, business and, and making your own money. I always loved that. You know, growing up, I, I had friends that were, you know, fortunate enough to, to afford nice things. And I was, you know, myself and my family, we were always comfortable and, and I always had everything that, that, that I wanted or needed at the time. But you know, it was really cool to have some extra extra cash on me, you know, for the weekends, going to the movies with my friends or going to the mall. I get to buy a pair of shoes. But, you know, up until 13, uh, working as a beach or, you know, at, at 13, working as a beach attendant, I, I got to save up some money by the age of 16 to help buy my first car, which I thought was very impactful uh, at that age. It's definitely an impactful thing to start making money at such a young age. Those are some of my favorite tips I got when I was 17, 18, running around the pool deck. It was all cash tips everywhere. Yeah. So as you start doing that, you're doing it. You're with, you know, it's a family business. So, and for those of you that don't know, you know, pause this if you're not driving. Just go look at the Boucher brothers and what they've built. So you can see where Cole has been running around and doing most of his life. So do you get tired of doing that at any point during high school? Because I'm sure it's just like, oh, come on, dad. Like, I want to go out and do this with my friends and you're making me work on the beach or where you have the freedom to kind of pick and choose when to go. I wouldn't say I was the perfect employee by any means, Steve, but (laughs) I, uh, I definitely, uh, you know, I was young, I was young. I I would give pushback at times. However, my father and the brothers, they, they are all about mentality and and consistency and about good partnership. Right. So they really instilled that in me in a young age. And I was actually able to hop around to different properties, which I loved. You know, like I mentioned, my first spot was the Diplomat, and then I moved to the Delano, and then the Lowe's, and the Ritz Carlton, the Soho, and the One Hotel, and the Fountain Blue. I worked at every hotel on on Miami Beach, and it really gave me a perspective about culture and how different hotels operate. And and you know, to this day, I'm so thankful for that experience because you know everything's about perspective, right? And you know, seeing the way that you serve a guest that example like the four seasons right versus a guest at the fountain blue there's always a level of respect there but you know the the level of service and hospitality is just so different right fountain blue you'll have thousands of people on your pool deck at one time and the four seasons is chill and upscale and you know you have to be able to deliver a, a, a certain level of service but you know i was able to hop around those hotels and fulfill different positions which was great you know i went from a beach attendant to a server 
to, uh, you know, working within the water sports department at Boucher Brothers, which was really great, you know, get to ride jet skis all day yeah. and, and, and parasail and, you know, then, then working my way up to managing and then, you know, being able to be a director of multiple properties and, and, and riding on the golf cart and checking in on the different, uh, you know, management and then working my way into group events, which is an amazing part of Boucher Brothers is, is their, their group events team. They, you know, if, if you have a corporate event and you want to, uh, you know, get out to the beach, uh, definitely Boucher's got your back. And uh, we've done corporate events for, you know, companies like uh, Coca-Cola and, uh, you know, seeing 100 people on the beach at one playing volleyball and, yep. and having candlelit dinners on the beach. It's so cool to set up that experience. So I, I did a lot of different things. You get to see a lot coming up through high school. And I think it's one of the best. Like I learned so much being out there. So did you know, like, this is what I want to do? I'm going to be in hospitality or was like, all right, this was a great time growing up. And now I'm going to go study something else when I go to the Florida State University. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to work in Boucher Brothers since I was nine years old. Like, you know, I would actually, there was like bi-weekly, which is when I look back at it, it probably wasn't the best decision by my family, but like bi-weekly, I would miss one day of school and I would just spend the whole day on the beach with my dad and with the brothers and going to, to lunch, going to meetings and being able to sit in and, and understand how they did business. It, it was helpful, but looking back, you know, maybe we should have focused on my education a little bit more. You know, when I, when I went to school at, at Florida State, I, uh, I had a lot of fun. I was with a lot of great people, great friends, met many, you know, friends that I'm, I'm still close with to this day. But you know, by my junior year, I was like, I, I need to get back home. I need to start working. I, uh, I actually left school to, to believe it or not. So I, I didn't graduate from Florida State. I left school and, uh, wow. and, and I started my company, which is a funny story. I'd love to tell it if you would allow me to. Before you do that, I want to rewind. So yeah. you're at Florida yeah. State. Did you do Greek life or were you kind of doing things on your own when you were there? I definitely did Greek life part of a few organizations right there because uh, Greek life was starting to die down at, at Florida State. And I ended up joining a fraternity with my friends uh, called AE Pi, and, which is a, a great fraternity. They ended up getting kicked off uh, campus. And we actually started our, our own little fraternity that was underground. But uh, yeah, we definitely had parties. We definitely had a good time. Was Potbelly's still the place that people go to? Was it still Potbelly's and Bajas? Was it still all there? Yeah, absolutely. Those are great, great establishments. Very, uh, very great places. I mean, you can you can have, uh, you know, it's so funny. You can have $100 in Tallahassee and it'll last you, you know, three months. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're going to those places for penny beers and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But anyhow, yeah, I cut you off that. as you're getting started. So you were there and I understand I've seen it because I was in Greek life too and you know, you can get very social and that becomes the part that is most important. And as long as you try to maintain your grades, it's good. That's kind of where I was at. Just keep my scholarship, <laughs> make sure I have yeah. fun and met yeah. as many cool people as possible. I wish I could relate. I, I definitely didn't have a scholarship, but I was very excited to be there. And uh, I focused a lot on, on my social life and, you know, and everyone has a role in, within their fraternity. And my role was, was house managing so I would, I would pay rent every month, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we had, uh, we had almost a hundred brothers, big school. So a hundred, a hundred brothers in the fraternity and making sure that the lease is correct, that everyone's room and their roommates. And, uh, you know, when we throw a party, putting that money together and, 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 and creating experience, right. 
and and I was I felt like I was really good at that, you know, taking the lead on that and and, and doing that on behalf of of the brother, uh, the brothers, and you know, it came to a point where I was starting to get so frustrated with the process, or like, oh, this brother's doing this and this brother's not paying and this brother got into a fight and now they can't live together. And, you know, I was so frustrated and, and, and my dad might kill me for telling this story because it's, it's hilarious, but I would call him and I would talk about my frustrations with Greek life. And at one point he was like, you know, Cole, this, this doesn't matter, right? Like this really, it doesn't really matter. And then he goes, yeah. And he goes, are you making any money doing this? I said, absolutely not. I'm not making any money. If anything, I was kind of losing money at that point. And he goes, yeah, well, let me know when you want to do something really impactful. And then I'll, I'll listen and I'll help you out. And wow. I left college uh, the next week. I, I left school. That was probably the strongest piece of advice he's ever given to me. You know, obviously there was more to that conversation than just that, but yep. the impact of, of something that I felt at, at the point in my life was so serious and I was so en- engulfed with, uh, and then saying, you know, hey, listen, like, you obviously have a niche for this, right? Managing and, and, and organizing and controlling. Uh, why don't you do something with it, Cole? And uh, that to me was loud and clear. And I was, I was gone a week later and uh, I settled in at, at home. I started my company, Essential Hospitality. So how does that happen? Because for a lot of people, right? They have this idea. Yeah. I've got this idea. I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to make this happen. But it just stays an idea, Right. So you say, all right, I'm going to create a company. You've got, you know, for a lot of people, like, well, he just got lucky and started, but you've been working since you were 13, right? So you've yeah. had a decade of working out on the beach in every single position and knowing every single hotel. But how does that happen? Because it's a big step to start saying, all right, I'm going to own a company and then figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think initially the thought process was, you know, I love hospitality so much. Let me try to learn a different aspect of of what this industry is. And and that's what I did. I came up with this concept of a mobile concierge, right? Taking the individuals from behind the desk and spreading them out throughout the hotel. This really catered towards a bigger hotel like the Fountain Blue, the One, the Lowe's, W, places with multiple food and beverage outlets, uh, amenities, where we can sell the house to the guests. Right. And keep them contained within the house. And at the time, you know, I thought that that was a really good idea. And, you know, I went to a few properties, you know, and I, I'd be lying to, to say, you know, it was, it was all me by myself. It wasn't. I had, I had the backing of, of Boucher and, and their HR program and their legal team and, yeah. you know, and, and the directors and the president, everyone part of Boucher and running ideas. Hey, should I do this? Should I do that? How do I do this? You know, and the brothers as well were a big help, but, you know, really when it came time to pitching, you know, the company, I remember pitching to Milton at the one hotel. I was the first person I ever pitched to, was the president of the one hotel. And this was like kind of prior to COVID being very serious in the US. It was it was all the way in China and no one yep. really knew, you know, what, what was gonna happen with that. So I'm pitching, you know, obviously the 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 idea and I remember when, when Milton got on and he was like, okay, Cole, the floor is yours. Please tell us what you, know, you have to offer us. I completely blocked out. Like, I don't remember a word I said in that first meeting. I went to a few different places and pitched my idea. And then finally, I, I went to the Fountain Blue where I was like, wow, this idea, you know, over oh, this, this better work out for me or, 
you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do at this point. I've gotten so many no's. Uh, and Mr. Phil Goldfarb, who's the president and COO of Fountain Blue Development, was sitting there and, and I pitched him my idea and he said, you know, I love it. Let's try it out. You know, you got a month to show us that this works. And if it doesn't work, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, you have a month to, to, to show us that, that you can bring something to Fountain Blue. With mobile concierge, right? Like, so you got in. With mobile concierge, we got in. A day later, I get a call from Mr. Goldfarb saying, hey, Cole, it looks like we're not going to be able to honor this. COVID is in the U.S. It was literally the next day. COVID's in the U.S. We're laying off a bunch of people. It wouldn't be fair to, to hire a whole new team and also have to lay off people. And so I said, are you, are you still keeping the hotel open? And he said, absolutely. We still have you know work going on as of now. So I said, okay, great. He said, please give me the next hour and let me get back to you. I might have something interesting. I came back to him an hour later and I said, you need someone to check temperatures and you need someone to give wristbands showing that those temperatures were taken. And you also need someone to stand there and make sure everyone's wearing their mask. And he said, absolutely. You start next week, hire a team. Now, how did you come up with that? You, you give an hour, you call in like your family, friends, or are you just like, all right, throw in something against the wall to see what happens? I was watching a lot of uh, news channels. I was, I was, uh, keeping up with, with what was going on with COVID. And it seems like a lot of people were, were wearing masks. They were talking about, uh, you know, taking people's temperatures when they go to restaurants at that time. So I was like, you know what? There's still going to be people coming in. There's still going to be uh, guests. There's still going to be employees working at the hotel. So we might as well be their first interaction, you know, and, and we did that for a year. Uh, we did, uh, we'd call it access control. You know, it started off with the front lobby and then it slowly made its way to every checkpoint opening of the hotel. And then it slowly made its way to the outside. At one point, I, I grew my company from like one to uh, obviously me being one to like 15 people, uh, which I was, I was so proud of uh, at the time. You know, I wasn't making any money, but I, I learned a lot. And it's a tough yeah. job. I remember I had to get my teams doing that at the Lowe's My Beach Hotel and I was getting screamed at every day. Masks are terrible. Yeah, world like, and people just wanted to fight. So you guys had one of the hardest jobs to start with. Yeah, it, it was definitely challenging, but um, those little you, interactions were great. So you had your fifteen. You're running around the iconic Fontainebleau Hotel, just still one of my favorites. How does yeah. this start to evolve into what you got going on now? So, like I said, you know, we were, we were about a year in, and then I remember it was like February coming up uh, my anniversary for the pool i think it was like around february 20th and the travel ban was lifted and everyone had their stimulus check and they're ready to come to miami so i remember getting a call from from mr goldfarb who i adore completely i wouldn't be where i am right now without him uh partially right but uh you know he calls me he says hey listen i know it's in your blood it's in your background i have an opportunity for you you've done such an amazing job everyone loves your team you know you have a background in pool and beach and we need someone to operate our pool. I think we were at like a, maybe 5 to 10% uh, occupancy. And within three days, it was jumping to 100 full house. And so he was like, you have, and this is how the Fountain Blue works, which I, I actually love, right? But it's like, okay, you have you know, a few hours to decide. And let me know if you're going to take the opportunity. Uh, you would start in two days. And I was freaking out because I actually had my my cousin's wedding she was getting married and i was in the wedding 
uh, and I was supposed to go to Jacksonville, which I ended up going to Jacksonville. But I said yes to Mr. Goldfarb. I said absolutely. I, mean, I can't put, take this. Uh, can't not take this opportunity. And again, like the backing of Boucher is, is just—it was so powerful. You know, everyone that I grew up with that that were my mentors. You know, sprung into action to help me. And I had my 15 team members, and then we probably added you know five more people to that roster from different Boucher properties. And then we had like. Uh, a few managers and directors just come in and serve and fold towels and just create this pool experience. So it was actually funny when I got back, I was like, okay, they took care of that for me, which I was so grateful for. And then, uh, you know, when I got back, we probably went uh, about almost a year, seven, seven months to a year of, of me managing the pool, you know, as a GM doing payroll you know, doing the hiring, right? So it was like reaching out to client or reaching out to, uh, you know, potential employees, interviewing them, onboarding them, putting them on payroll, managing them and doing that all over again every day for about seven to 12 months until I, I finally, you know, I had some help, you know, I had, I had our, I had some great managers at the time that grew within my company during the check, the, the temperature checks, but you know, when we got that opportunity, it was literally like, hey, do you have food and beverage experience? And oh, yeah, I worked at, you know, PF Chang's and this other place. And I was like, all right, great. You're a server now at the Fountain Blue Pool. Uh, it was literally like that. We winged it for a long time until we finally were able to understand that that pool and what it needed. And, you know, I have a, I have a great support system now, um, you know, helping out. And, and we've been part of many different hotels and and i've just i've learned so much just from doing what i've done so far and i love it and that's why i want to rewind here because for for listeners they're gonna think all right font and blue they don't run their own pool deck what's going on over there but i know that they've always had someone from the outside kind of coming in and there was a different company running it more of a staffing company and so when you came in it's almost kind of like that it's like a a hybrid because you're not only the gm of this world-class pool that's one of the Mm -hmm. biggest in the world but you're also hiring staff and you're managing them, right? Because you are the person that's responsible for their payroll and doing all these yeah. things, right? Am mm-hmm. I correct in that? Absolutely. So you're running a staffing company, which I have experience of doing for four years. I had that up to 700 people and that was like the worst thing ever because I couldn't actually control them when I'm at, at the hotel. I was just sending them out to hotels. But I thought it was cool that you get to control them there. <laughs> why is that better that way, right? Because I think some people are like, you know, why would they yeah. do it that way versus do it internally but you guys are doing a great job but why is that it's a great question i get i get it asked a lot uh and it's actually part of of, a pitch right for for these hotels is like you know right off the bat essential hospitality is is very similar to boucher brothers right we are a representation of of whatever hotel we're at so essentially we're we're the chameleons of that hotel we embody the culture right our our team are, are wearing the uniforms so essentially we are the fountain blue right and I, I think that's the, the biggest pitch, you know, we go in there and, and right off the bat, right. You know uh, you know, when these, when these hotels are hiring employees, you know, they're, they're getting into benefits and uh, you know, and, 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 and salary and pay and, and all that. And, and that adds up for the onboarding process for us off the bat, we save 15 to 20% on your payroll every year. So yep. when a hotel looks at that, they're like, wow, okay. And you manage and you staff it. And I don't have a headache. It's, it's just the best deal for the hotel. But the biggest thing is trust, right? When you hire a partner, when you hire a vendor, and that's what I learned at, at a very young age for, through the brothers and my fathers is trust, 
right, is, is partnership. It's very important to be there for your partners because we are a representation of all the hotels, right? But essential hospitality at the time uh, and still to this day, like I, I have, you know, a few, you know, other properties and that I've worked with, man, you will never not see me at the Fountain Blue. I am always at the Fountain That was where I first started. That is where I will die. The <laughs> Fountain Blue is, is the Fountain Blue is, is, is my life and will always be my life. I, I, you know, I was there for a, a very long time. My, my father would work the beach and I was a, a child playing at the pool and it was a Hilton. And, uh, you know, to be managing and operating that pool today is just, it's a dream. So to have a good management team under myself, you know, I have upper management, I have a, a you know, vice president of finance, Matthew, who handles payroll, who handles the accounting side, who, who you know, drives incentives and, and price di- di- dynamic pricing for our cabanas and beds. And then I have Max Berlowitz, who uh, is my vice president of operations. And he Another does an guy. amazing job with yeah, he does an amazing job with our culture. And, uh, you know, they're both great. They're both great. And to have them understand the vision and understand the importance of partnership, it, it just drives down to the rest of the team. So uh, what are the benefits of essential hospitality? You have a great partner, right? You have, And Boucher Bones, but you have a great partner. You have a great friend, right? And we're going to go in there and create this experience that is on brand with your property, but as well, my favorite part and the reason I love hospitality is make it personal, right? It's not robotic. It's you. It's, and, and that's whoever we put out there, it, it's, you're seeing them. And that's the most important thing in my eyes about uh, hospitality. Yeah. And listen, and you're doing a great job out there because I've been to that pool many times with you and I've been there before and after you've been there. And I can see the difference. So great job to you and your team. And I've been to the four seasons of Fort Lauderdale where you're also managed that pool deck, which is a mm-hmm. whole different experience, which I love too. And so you, you're, you actually walk the walk, but I want to talk more about it. So you're there. I think for a lot of people, the journey, you get there, you're running this gigantic pool deck. What is it? 29 cabanas, like something like 11 pools, like, you know, kids area, thousands of chairs. Did you ever have a moment where you're just like, what did I do? Like, this is not stressed out. Like I got to cover this payroll all the time. I got to manage these guests, common cards that are crazy. Cause you started yeah. at a crazy time. Did that happen to you? And how did you handle that? Still happens to me. Once you work at, and, and, and you know, this as well, because you, you know, you've, you've had that experience in those, in those properties that are just monsters, but it never gets easier. Right. It never gets easier. But you know, I always say there's like, you know, nine, bad experiences with a guest that's just they're crushing you they're 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 negative they're not enjoying their time and it reflects poorly on you and your team and then there's that one guest that's just so appreciative and it just makes it worth everything yeah i've I've had many of those moments where i want to pull my hair out but you know you got to just realize that you just got to keep moving forward and you have to trust your gut Right. That's, that's what I've learned at a young age as well. Through my mom, through my dad, through the brothers, through my family, trust your gut, uh, make a decision. That's the most important thing that I've learned, right? You can't sit there and not make a decision. If something's not going the way you want it to go, you either got to go straight, left, right, never go backwards. Right. So that's, that's really important is being able to make decisions. And I think that's made this process a lot easier in managing, uh, you know, these properties is like, being able to make uh, effective decisions because not only uh, do your partners see it, but your team sees it, 
right? That you're a leader that's just continuously making those decisions. That's that's what's important. So it's one thing to have one great pool deck. It's another to start growing. So when do yeah. you decide like, all right, we're going to start growing. We're going to start looking for new places. Is it right away? Because there's certain people that have that mindset like, all right, we got this one. Now we're going to get all of them. We're going to get all these great places and iconic places on our belt. Or is it more yeah. calculated? Like we got to choose the right spot as we grow. How did you start deciding? It's a little bit of both, right? I, th- I think being uh, on the younger side and and having uh, been known by my friends, family, or people I work with to have an ego, I, I don't believe I, I have an ego. I'm definitely more of a, a humble approach. Uh, but but having the pool the size that that the Fountain Blue is, I was really, you know, I really felt that I can take on more. Uh, so I, you know, I went into partnership with the Boca Raton, which you know is a massive property. Uh, we helped open their their pool club on the on the Lake Boca side, which I believe it was like a seventy million dollar renovation. We were there day one to help open up that pool, and I, I got to work for uh, Daniel Hostetler, awesome guy, great guy, uh, and I really enjoyed working there. I, I think it was great. Uh, we actually, uh, you know, we did leave the property after helping open up. We were there for about a year. Uh, and then they decided to close down their beach club side for renovations. Uh, they did like a partnership with, uh, I forgot what swimsuit brand it was, but they ended up closing on that side. So we did, you know, terminate our partnership, which, you know, no ill feelings. Uh, I, I learned a lot from there. But the, again, that was part of me saying, I can take this on. And then, you know, my drive from Fountain Blue to Boca every day and trying to be in two places at once, it, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot for me. And I don't look at it as a, as a failed partnership. I look at it as a, as a life lesson, a learning lesson. And, you know, I've gotten the partner with, with you know, the Four Seasons, great partnership. I've gotten a partner with uh, the Icon and, and Brickle, uh, which, I mean, I know you have some experience in the Icon and Brickle, right? Yep. That's, a, that's a massive property. It's a sneaky you big know. hotel pool. I'll tell you that. People yeah, don't realize it. I didn't realize it going in, how, how tough it was going to be. But, uh, you know, we're doing a great job there. We have great management, great team. It's still the same, like during the weekdays where it's like pretty quiet. And then all of a sudden on the weekends, it's like 1800 room hotel. Right. You'd be, you'd be surprised. The weekdays are, are, are pretty busy right now, you know, and, and uh, we are partnering with uh, the lifestyle director there to to bring a DJ, bring uh, events for the residents, really trying to personalize the experience for our guests. We're probably we have three, four months in there right now. But I mean, man, we have we have a great team there. We have a great team. And it's a, a wicked property. It's awesome. I have to send you a picture. I got in big trouble. So I was the GM of restaurants and nightclubs. And I was like, let me just put a DJ down here. I did it three Saturdays yeah. in a row. Like the first Saturday was just like a nice vibe. Second Saturday started to grow. And then the third Saturday, people had heard there was like a party going on. Yeah. And it exploded. And it was like thousands of people uncontrolled, <laughs> no security. Yeah. They're like, see, yeah. I'm hire you. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to happen. I was good. Yeah. So, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing I had a little background in access control. Bottom, I mean, yeah. 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 So we, we, uh, you know, putting that touch in there, it's great. But I, I would say to answer your question, uh, you know, you have to make decisions, like I said, but now, right now, it's 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 calculated, you know, because I, I also do some work with Boucher Brothers still, you know, I'm still very much a part of that that brand and the company and my life will be that, you know, in, in the coming years, you know, essential hospitality will always be part of my life. And, and, and I hope to continue to grow it with you know, with my team, with Matt and with Max, but, but Boucher Brothers is going to be part of my, is part of my life. That's always been, and is my future. So everything is always calculated. So I, I don't try to overload my myself of work. 
but I try to put myself in, in, in many different positions to learn always be a student before teacher. So it sounds like you're trying to make sure you got the quality over quantity going because I've been in your shoes where, you know, I have staff all over the city and then they're like, well, Hey, I had call outs here. I don't think Fontaine blues got call outs. Yeah. I'm sure there's some, been some talks like that. How would you tell people to handle that? If they're trying to build something where you got multiple clients and they don't think that they're number one, because sometimes you are given all your effort. Sometimes they don't think they are. Yeah, absolutely. I think accountability is, is really important, right? And once you understand how to take uh, accountability for your actions, for what your team's a representation of you. So if your team isn't doing the right thing, it's, it's you're not doing the right thing. And, yeah. and that's where not having an ego comes into things. You, you can't, you have to be humble. You have to, you know, we work for people, right? Even though I started my company and, and, and you know, I own my brand. I work for the Found Blue. I work for the Icon. Like they are my bosses. Anything they want, I deliver on. Uh, and so, being present and and being accountable for for your team is don't point the finger. The finger should always be pointed at you because you can always do better. Yeah, that was always my challenge. You know, as it got so big, I was like aggressively growing. If that housekeeper yeah. didn't show up for their overnight shift, I was the guy getting the call. They didn't know the housekeeper's name, but Steve, you failed me. Right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's a tough. And your product is people. It's it's a tough. Uh, people will always let you down. It's just part of it. But if you build this, and you know this, you build this culture around these people, yep. something that they believe in, something that they can rally for, and and something that they can grow with. Those people will show up, and you know that. I mean, that's that's yep. that's 100%. how these hotels keep running. Is, is that culture? It's the most exactly. important thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you're you're doing great. You've got a great culture that you're building. Uh, and you're picking the right hotels. You know, I'm not asking you for like your five-year plan, but what are you most excited about in like the next 12 to 24 months? What's coming up on your radar? Hopefully, new partnerships. I'm very excited to 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 discover new partnerships, right? And, and see where my brand can work, right? But I'm also really excited to continue to work with Boucher Brothers, and, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people in, in Miami and around the world are talking about this Nikki Beach deal uh, with Boucher Brothers and Major Food Group. I'm so excited to work with Major yeah. Food Group. That is, Tell us about that. Tell me about what's going on there. Uh, I would I say – a secret, but maybe you can give us a little bit. Oh, no. You know, I, I think uh, the story is it, 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 the, the lease was over. It went up for bid. We won the bid. You know, and to me, there's so much negativity around that deal. And I can't think of, of anyone, and it's biased, of course, because it's my family, but I can't think of anyone who deserves that more than the brothers. I mean, they've worked their butts off for 30 plus years and they've taken care of the city and they've taken care of this beach. And, you know, we're going to see what happens on that day one and, and what it's going to look like. But we've really built this concept with Major Food Group to be for the city. Like that's the most exciting part about it. It's for the neighborhood. It's for the city. It's high quality. It's high class. It's exactly what the city needs and what the beach needs. And we're so excited to work with a partner like Major Food Group. We're so excited to continue to work with the city of Miami Beach. And I think, you know, that would answer the question. Like there's a lot of great things to come from this, not only for my family, for major food group, but for this city, it's, it's going to be amazing. It's, it's going to change definitely the nightlife and the daytime for beachgoers. You know, it's, it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. It's got breakfast, lunch, dinner, 
a pool where you can hang out for the day, retail shops where you can shop. It's going to be the only place in Miami where, you know, you can, par- you know, have fun and party on a day bed with your friends and, and have a business meeting, you know, five feet away from that, that group who's doing that. So it, it's going to be a playground for, for, for everyone, for families, for, for, for friends. And uh, we're, we're so excited to, to be able to have the opportunity to do, to do this. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited. Cause I was, you know, I, I followed it very closely and I haven't been to Nikki beach in years. And I always thought yeah. that place deserved to have something world-class there. And you guys are going to help build that. And yeah. I just had dinner at Carbone on Saturday and I just wrote an article about it. Cause they're so good at the service. They're just so good at making you feel welcome. And you know, there's a lot of other, a lot of other flashy places that yeah. people go to, but you don't feel that way. No. You don't feel like you're welcome there and that you're made to like want to go back. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I, I think that's what, what major food group does best is, is create that experience. Right. And, and again, the Boucher, same thing. You go to the beach, they create that experience. So I'm very excited for, for the brothers and for the company to team up with, with a partner like that uh, and really just showcase what, you know, the hometown boys from Miami uh, can do with a, a major, you know, food group component. I mean, it's going to be uh, very exciting. I'm, I'm excited to learn from that process as well. So that's that's something else I'm excited for. But I, I also am part of the the Chamber of Commerce in Miami. I sit on the Board of Governors. I go to those meetings on a monthly basis, and uh, I, I'm I, I'm very excited to continue to to learn more about the city, what we can do to help the city. I've been a Miami Beach kid. A lot of the people I grew up around are like, oh, I can't wait to move to New York and California. It's like Miami Beach is the best. Yeah, where are you going? <laughs> the best. Yeah, it's the best. So I, I'm excited to continue the next five to eight months uh, to a year. Is just see what else uh, I can do. In, I love it, man. Miami. Thank you. Sounds so exciting. All the things you got going on. And we're yeah. very similar. Born and raised here. We both went to Florida State. Fontainebleau is actually the hotel that my dad represented. He's an attorney that got me into wanting to be in hotels. So we yeah. kind of had a similar path. But if you were starting and starting off awesome because you are one of these <clears throat> shakers. But if somebody was starting out now, right? And they're like 13, they want to come get into this industry. What advice are you giving somebody when they're like you know, 16, 17, 8 years old? Wow. I mean, at that time, it's just, you know, you think you know so much as you continue to grow and, and you don't know anything. Right. And, and I still tell myself, I don't know anything. I know a little bit more than I knew a few years ago, but I, I don't know anything. So I would say my best advice would be to practice patience, have some respect for everyone around you, everyone you deal with. And to also, like I said before, trust your gut, trust your judgment, make decisions. Right. And if you think that you can do something, don't let anyone around you tell you that you can't do it. I've had multiple people tell me you can't do this or you know, my grades weren't the best when I was in uh, you know, middle school, high school, college. But I, I think I did pretty well for myself at the age I'm at. Always stay humble, right? Work hard, stay humble. Uh, you'll get everything you want in your life. You got to love what you do to do it. That's what I would tell someone getting into this industry. If you don't love hospitality, don't do it. <laughs> it's true. It's the best advice you can give somebody. Uh, yeah. And I can say you definitely stay humble. There's all the opportunity for you to get a big head at the places that you're working at with all the celebrities and friends calling you for access, I'm sure. And yeah, all the things that you get to see. But I just want to say, man, I'm, you know, just from watching from afar and getting to know you more and more, like I'm proud of what you're creating for our city. And I hope you keep doing it big for us. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. You too. You too. Yeah, man. 
we'll, we'll be doing some stuff in the future. And I got to give a shout out if I didn't, because he knew we were talking today to Sean Tarter of Real Time Reservation, because he's the sponsor of this podcast. I'm going to give him a shout out. Are you using Real Time Reservation at your pool deck, Cole? I am absolutely using Real Time Reservations, and we're working on great deals with them. And we're very excited to continue to, to be in partnership with them. They're the best. I mean, there's no reservation system like them uh, anywhere. They're my first choice for, for all your cabana and bed needs, plus more to come, right? There you go. Well, Sean, that yeah. was made just for you, my friend. And Cole, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are running so many different things. It means a lot that you took uh, some time to spend with us. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. We'll see, we'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome.